Hi, I'm Tez Ilias, I'm a stand-up comedian and today I've come to the National Football Museum in the heart of Manchester with my dad. Uh, the reason I chose the National Football Museum is because my, my dad and I both love football, we're big football fans. My dad played at quite a high amateur level, a uh, bit of an oxymoron, uh, for <laughs> years. Um, and so I, I, I want, when I was asked if I wanted to do this podcast, absolutely, I bit the hands off and I'm really, really happy that my dad's here with me today. I like that, they've got a proper turnstile to go through. Put yourself a defender, Dad, get it out of defence. I've got it there, I've got it there, I've got it there. Oh! This is Meet Me at the Museum, the Art Fun Podcast. Oh, it's good! Um, I've always been a huge football fan. I've played the game, I love the game. I also coached and managed Tez when he was about 12, 13. Very frustratingly, because <laughs> uh, I was not good at football. <laughs> no. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. and for the record my dad's a United fan Man United fan and I'm a Blackburn Rovers fan uh, so there was tension for about 18 months and then after that Blackburn kind of fell away so it didn't really matter <laughs> hello Ian is it hi my name's Tez hi Tez thank you this is my dad Ilias hi hello Ilias um, I see from your badge you're a volunteer here uh, um, what, what's your favourite exhibition in the, uh, in the, in oh, the museum I've got, I've got so many in here I love George Best's mini oh wow is that what that is that is oh, George's yeah. Uh, it's a 2001 Mini Cooper S, two-litre engine. I believe he bought this one about a year before he passed away. Go on, Dad, go in George Best car. Right. It feels absolutely terrific. Um, actually, they've got, they've got two shirts here. One is the number 11 that George used to wear for Northern Ireland. One is the number 7 he regularly wore for Manchester United. He was the iconic number 7 Man United player we've had a few since then you know going back to Stevie Coppel Brian Robson Beckham Eric Cantona so we've had a few uh, iconic number sevens and as much as I love them I have to say George was the best so my earliest memories of football with my dad were going to watch him play Sunday league football in these quite rough leagues and just being quite bored on the touchline and when you're young, all you want to do, if you're going to watch your dad play football, you want to see him score goals. And my dad was like a big, rough defender, uh, which he was very good at. But it was never really, when you're, when you're seven, eight years old, it's not really what you want your dad to be doing. Looking back, I think I'm quite proud of his amateur career, yeah, because he played, he's played at Ewood Park and he, he played in the, in, in, in the mainstream white leagues, for want of a better word, when, when there weren't a lot of Asian footballers being represented. Uh, and so kind of in a way, in a small way, he was, he was a pioneer for us. But at the time, when I was 7-8, I never appreciated any of that. Can I touch the trophy? I see you have the FA Cup and the Premiership title there. Yeah. I did, a, I did a, a tour of the Nou Camp in 2002, and me and my two cousins were there in Barcelona, and um, we saw the European Cup, the Champions League, that they won in 92, I think. The tour guide went slightly ahead, and me and my cousins stayed behind. And we had turns lifting the trophy, and the ceiling was quite low, and we banged the trophy on the, on the ceiling, and we put a little dent in it. So if anyone's listening in Barcelona, that was me and my cousin. I'm very, very sorry. Touching the FA Cup right now, and um, here's a bit of trivia. Blackburn Rovers are the only team in English football history to have won the FA Cup three years running. Uh, can I go one better than that? They won it f- five times out of six, and the finalists six years in a row. There you go. Blackburn Rovers, eh? <laughs> I mean, yes, it was the 1880s, but still, still... That's what we've got. And, and, and aside to that, um, also coming from the northwest, we are very, very proud of the fact that we 
all the founder members of the league. It was an eight-strong eight team that actually started uh, the Football League back in the 1870s. And four of them were literally a stone's throw away from each other. We're talking about Accrington Stanley, Blackburn Rovers, Preston North End, Burnley. The North West, Lancashire in particular, was so important in developing the English game in the early years that I think the Football Museum couldn't be anywhere else, to be honest. I want to tell you where I spent all my youth. Oh, the, t- the, 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 <laughs> the table, table football. Table football. Alright, let's have a game then. Put yourself a defender, Dad, get it out of defence. I've got it there, I've got it there, I've got it there. Yeah! Oh, Blackburn Rovers for the win! <laughs> Hello, nice to meet you. I'm Tim Ashmore and I'm part of the team that looks after our collections and the exhibitions here at National Football Museum. Awesome, uh, I'm Tez, this is my dad Ilias. Um, what, what, do you want to, what do you want to show us? This is the oldest surviving FA Cup trophy. Oh wow. It doesn't look like you'd expect it to look probably because it's not the same design as the FA Cup today. What it mm. is, um, this is the original trophy, they used to call it the little tin idol. But Aston Villa won it in the 90s and they put it on display in a local shop window. A guy that uh, William Shilcock sold um, all equipment for football matches, boots and balls and kits and that kind of thing. And someone broke into the shop overnight and stole the trophy, melted it down presumably and it's never been seen again. So Aston Villa were fined and forced to create this second version of the cup from a cast of the original. So this is the second one used. The first one's never been seen again. Unfortunately... Backburn won that first one. Yeah, three times in a row. Well, three times five times in, in six years. Yeah, three in a row. Never um, been done before or since. Well, it was this design that Blackburn would have won back in the 1880s. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Before Blackburn Rovers won it, Blackburn Olympic won yes. it as well. Yeah. And they won it within five years of founding. Before that, uh, the FA Cup was, was won by uh, old college teams like Old Carthusians, Old Etonians, that kind of thing. They were like gentlemen amateurs. And when these Blackburn teams... Rough northerners came down and showed them what's what. They didn't like it. They looked at Blackburn and said, why are you taking your players out uh, for pre-final training at Blackpool? Surely, if you're all amateurs, which were the rules at the time, your bosses would never have allowed you days off work to go to Blackpool and play football. So all the southern teams in the FA were quite against the idea of these northern teams that they suspected of paying the players under the counter and then it slowly changed after that and it was mainly northern teams for a long time that were in all these finals. Tim, so why is this exhibition your particular favourite? Part of it is I just, I like the design of Victorian silverware. When (laughs) it comes to football, I'm pretty much, I'm not sitting at home with like, you know, wine decanters and stuff admiring them, but it's just with the football aspect of it. It's also, it's the first ever, you know, cup competition made by the first ever Football Association and it was the first trophy to win won by Manchester City it was the first trophy to win by Manchester United so this trophy was lifted by legendary players like Billy Meredith uh, back in 1909 Charlie Roberts for United um, obviously as a United fan they're big figures in the club they're also big for the PFA they were founder members of the Players Union and they fought for better rights for players as well shortly after Manchester United won the trophy in 1909 the whole team were banned by the FA for being part of a union and they weren't even allowed to go back to the ground that they played at for me that's, that's the small part of the story that, that I know for a lot of fans of other teams they're going to have their own stories associated with it if you're a a Berry fan you know Berry won that trophy twice before Manchester United or Manchester City won it so, you know, th- there's a story for a lot of the, um, the teams that were successful at that time. Because I grew up with a lot of United and Liverpool fans who had present-day glory, 
whereas I had to dig back all the way to the 1800s to relive mine. But I made sure that I could just throw in a bit of trivia now again. I was like, yeah, fine, you really won the Premier League titles, but did you know that Blackburn Rovers won the FA Cup three times in a row in the 1980s? And then that was my contribution. Yeah. What, are you, what are you looking they, at? They, they just had a, a, a photo of one of my mates. Uh, it's one of the teams that I used to coach, Blackburn United. Um, what, did you just have a picture of them on that? Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. they're, they're just doing local grassroots uh, football. And they've got photos of all, of all kinds of people. Somebody who should have retired years ago, um, <laughs> about seventy odd. There um, on the on the right hand side, that's that's. Oh yeah, I recognise it. Football is a great leveller, you know, and it brings a lot of people together. Um, grassroots level is absolutely brilliant, and you know, as somebody who's actually played at grassroots level, refereed, coached, is an absolutely brilliant place to be. And like I said, it's a huge privilege for me to have been involved in it. I think my relationship with my dad in terms of football started when he set up his own team, uh, a kind of under-15 team that uh, was based around me and my cousins, who were all much better footballers than me. I was, ne- I was always the runt of the litter. I was never a good footballer, which was, I think, a little bit frustrating for my dad, but my cousins were very good. Uh, Wally Range Tigers, we were called. Um, and I think in the first year, we did okay, but in the second and third year, I think we won the league. Um, I wasn't very much part of that, to be honest. I was kind of more of a mascot, if anything else. But I remember once in training... We were playing a game and I was defending and the ball came over the top and I was star striker, it was this really, really fast lad. Uh, he was chasing after me and I tried to kick the ball out of touch and I ended up smacking it into the top corner. Like I really got hold of it and volleyed it into the top corner of the net. It was, it was such a good goal that I was half tempted to celebrate and everyone, was, everyone just started clapping going, what a finish, just do that at the other end. It was, just, it, was, it was just, it was one of the best goals I've ever scored but just happened to be in the wrong end. Uh, but that was kind of how our relationship started and that's how I realised, probably then I realised because I understood things a bit more, how much my dad really loved football and how much he was trying to change things in the community for the better. This is the original Football League Championship trophy, so it was made 1891. This is the original, unlike most of the trophies in the history of football, this is the original, it was never... um, Never stolen, never replaced. This is it. This is the one goes all the way back to the foundation of the Football League back in 1888-89 season. Um, They didn't make a trophy actually until a couple of years later, so Everton were the first team to lift this. It's called, the the nickname is The Lady because there's a lady on the top holding a laurel wreath over her head. Uh, The trophy's quite a bulbous, unusual-looking thing, uh, but it sits on top of a very, very large uh, wooden piece that has uh, quite a lot of silver plaques on it with the winners names the details the year they've won it how many points they won it by it's something that was added to year upon year um, as they ran out of space on the previous layer of wood at what point was that replaced um, when the Premier League came in, in so that was used up until 91 yeah so Leeds United were the last team to lift that to lift that wow uh, they, they didn't lift the uh, the wooden bit, which weighs an absolute ton. Oh, like over the over the years uh, since they brought oh, it so in, they just kept adding extra layers of wood to that. So trophy. it's just that uh, the plate bit at the top there. Yeah, so okay. you'll see you'll see players walking around the pitch after um, you know yeah, after yeah, the yeah, yeah, end yeah, of yeah. the season holding that trophy. There are Blackburn on this. Blackburn Rovers have got the name on the body of the trophy because in the middle of it, it's got engraved the names of the founder clubs and the chairman at the time. Oh, nice. So uh, that's right there. It's one of twelve clubs. Maybe the East Lancashire Cup is very impressive. East Lancashire Charity Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, yes. at, look at that. It's a very impressive trophy. Yeah. Well, this was competed for by the likes of Blackburn and Darwin, Accrington, and the other Blackburn club that I mentioned before, Blackburn Olympic 
Uh, they didn't last very long. Once uh, Blackburn Rovers had won those few FA Cup titles in a row, a lot of the smaller teams around the Blackburn area kind of declined numbers of people watching them, so it ended up almost a, almost yeah, a one-cup really town. they big enough town to sustain two football clubs. At the time, there were about a dozen. All, every church had a team and, and factories oh, wow. back yeah. at the time and mills would have their own teams too. Mm. So there was quite a nice uh, amount of clubs there. I think what would be nice if, is if football reflects the social changes of its time um, because we know that football is a working class uh, game and that is reflected over this last previous 150 year history. I think what would be nice now is if English football reflected its current uh, social climate. Oh, the, the passion for football in the Asian community is as much as it is in any community in this country, I think. Uh, so there's definitely an untapped resource there in terms of both players and fans. Uh, frustratingly, <laughs> uh, in Blackburn at least, a lot of the Asian community support the bigger clubs. They don't seem to have the loyalty to uh, the hometown team as I might do. And I don't know why I've got it, but um, for my sins I do. But like, I don't think Asians really went to watch football much, at least in the stadiums back in the early 90s uh, or maybe throughout the 90s just because I think there was a bit of a stigma attached to you know a hangover from the 80s and what football fans were like I think the stigma is still there a little bit it's definitely changed a lot well actually I actually worked at Blackburn Rovers as a steward for four years in the early noughties um, and I look at the difference in the makeup of the crowd between then and now things are definitely changing although not as fast as I'd like but it's definitely moving in the right direction I think even football is a great um, catalyst for social change you look at I think definitely you know racism has been eradicated from this country but I think it's definitely been reduced over the last 20-30 years and I think football has definitely played a role in that if you look at the number of black footballers who have played for England and the number of black heroes that have played for England when you look at all the from John Bonds all the way to Raheem Sterling now uh, it's definitely played a part even if the media maybe hasn't caught up necessarily with, with all of that progress I think it definitely is a strong catalyst for change Hiya, can I have a couple of tickets for me and my dad for the Football Plus? Yeah. I've got the yard pass. So I think that gets us a discount. Okay, yeah. We're out football, the Football Plus part of the exhibition now, and I oh. think we're going to try some stuff out, like volleying and penalties and stuff. Oh! Yes, look at my... She said 2,000 is a good score. I got 2,480. That is amazing. Get me taking penalties for England in the World Cup. Yeah, well, don't worry, you're quitting while you're ahead. Go on, Dad. Go on, go on Dad. Go on, Dad. How did I do in terms of how other people get on? You did okay, as I say, 2,000 is a really good score. You got nearly 2,500, so you smashed it. Cheers, mate. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah, and I think I should still retire. <laughs> they the goalposts from the old Wembley Stadium before it was re- re- renovated. Oh, wow. They were the ones that were on the pitch at Euro 96. Wow. Pretty cool when you score in there. Yeah. Well, so you're saying that I scored a penalty where David Batty and Southgate missed? Yes, that exactly, just that. Should have had me there. <laughs> So what are we looking at now, Tim? Well, I hear your dad's a Manchester United fan. Is this, yeah. this right? Yeah. So uh, I'd just like to show you uh, one of our key objects in the museum. It's a painting of Eric Cantona. It's, um, it's based on um, a religious painting about the resurrection of Christ. And it was around the time that Eric Cantona had been um, suspended from football for famously leaping into the crowd at Crystal Palace. <laughs> Um, which is the only reason Blackburn won the title that year. You know what, you know, we, we love it, mate. I think I was 15 when, when this happened, and I remember it I remember it well, seeing the news in the morning of what had happened. But then uh, he got suspended for the rest of the season. Um, initially, he was sent to prison, <laughs> but then the sentence got reduced down to community service. And this is his resurrection. 
in a kind of metaphorical sense painted in this picture. And it's painted by a local guy from Manchester, an artist called Michael Brown. Uh, he actually painted it in a bar on Deansgate, just down the road from here. The story is that Eric Cantona came in one day and sat in the bar in the background with a cap on and, you know, a bit secretly watching what he was doing and then came over and he arranged to pose for the painting and he got these other, the other players. Yeah, so this is, that's in the bar there. You can see a picture on the wall of Cantona posing topless with a pole in his hand that's, uh, in fact, it's a, it's, a, it's a broom, yeah. And then in the painting it gets replaced by a kind of flag of St. George and the players around kind of dressed as... Roman uh, centurions um, is Phil Neville, uh, David Beckham, Nicky Butt and Gary Neville. I know that the artist wanted to put uh, Paul Scholes on there, who's kind of the obvious missing figure from it, but you know he's famously right. quite shy. He didn't want to. He didn't want yeah. to pose for it. Whereas the other guys have had all photographs taken of him down you at the know, training. I think the most remarkable thing is about this whole exhibition is how handsome Phil Neville looks. Yeah, it was quite. He's, he's quite done a really, really, really good job there, hasn't he? He does. He looks moody. <laughs> As, as a Manchester United supporter, it hurt that Eric Antino was suspended, but as a lad brought up in Blackburn, I'm glad Blackburn had their day in the song. I'm absolutely Because we're never going to have it again. Yeah. So it was nice that it happened. Thanks, Tim. That's been really fascinating. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, thank you, Tim. No, it's been thank a pleasure. Great yeah. OK, so I'm about to do some commentary um, on a game or a goal. So let's see how I get on. Hopefully I know who's playing. Hello and welcome to Match of the That's the, the voice of Garlinica. ...challenge at the National Football Museum. So, think you could commentate on Match of the Day? Yes. Three, two, one, it's over to you. Thanks, Gary, and welcome to Carrow Road for this first division match between Norwich City and Liverpool. Oh, across to... into Fashionu on the box. It touched really takes a shot and it's gone in! What a goal by Fashionu! That was absolutely magnificent on the turn there. On you know what, I've thought about this question a lot. Why football around the world brings out the sort of reaction it does from people and, and um, it, it's the best sport in the world bar none I think also because it's a working class sport as well Every, anyone can feel they can do it because all you literally need to play football is a football so it's something that everyone has done and everyone has experienced and so you're projecting a lot of that onto the people that you're watching and I think human nature is to be a lot of humans are quite competitive in nature so that part of it comes out as well I think it's a myriad of things uh, but definitely it's mainly because it's the best sport in the world Time to head back to the studio. So, Gary, how did I do? Found it all right for a first goal. That did actually was goal of the season. Was it? That was yeah. really good. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed your time in the hot seat, and I hope you enjoyed the rest of your time in the National Football Museum. Enjoy. Thanks, Gary. When I first asked to, to pick up museum for, for this podcast, I was quite daunted by it. But then I remembered that the National Football Museum started its roots in Preston, which is the town next to Blackburn. And I thought, me and my dad both love football. This would probably be the ideal museum to come around. And it was absolutely fascinating. It's interactive. It has something for everyone, whether you love the professional game or the amateur game. I, I think it was a really, really good day out. I think my particular highlight, as well as seeing the amazing exhibitions, was uh, the interactive stuff. I really enjoy kicking a football about. I realising that I'm actually not bad uh, with the dead ball. Scored, scored three very nice penalties. Uh, so that's, that's my highlight of the day. Dad, what, what have you enjoyed? Uh, the other thing which we nearly missed, uh, and it was th- thanks to Tim uh, that we went back to it, was uh, um, the Eric Cantona uh, resurrection uh, painting. Uh, yeah, I that thought was quite that, spectacular, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, and I thought it was quite strong as well, to be honest with you. What about George Best's mini? Did you enjoy that? Yeah, that was phenomenal. Uh, I mean, obviously, 
Uh, like I said, you know, a bit before my time, I never actually got to see him play live, but he's always been a hero of mine. And to actually sat in a car that he's actually sat in, you know, uh, words fail me. It was absolutely superb. One of my all-time heroes. I think my favourite item that I saw across the whole museum was that old FA Cup that Tim yeah. showed to us, the second thing that he showed to us. That was, that was quite something special, thing that people... You know, fought blood, sweat, and tears for that. Yeah. You know, over 100 years ago, it was quite yeah. quite remarkable. I think what was also remarkable was how, and you were saying this as well, how much Northwest football, but in particular Lancashire football, yeah. uh, or Lancashire has influenced English football visa and ergo the whole world. Yeah, uh, but one thing I did appreciate uh, a lot of uh, tabloid time and, and media time, and uh, you know, it's taken up with the professional game, but they have quite a grassroots level exhibition as well, you know. And I was quite pleased to see uh, all the hard work they were putting at Blackburn United, um, a local team that I coach and uh, I've managed uh, a couple of teams in to see that they're up in lights as well so yeah, I've had a really enjoyable day um, it's been absolutely fun right from the word go uh, Thank you for coming along. Okay, you're welcome, more than welcome I've really enjoyed the day so yeah, it's been brilliant I'm Tez Elias thanks for listening to me and my dad this was me, me at the museum if you enjoyed that episode please subscribe, keep listening tell your friends, get the podcast out there and get as many people listening as possible and don't forget, if you've got a National Art Pass or get a National Art Pass, you can get discounts on museums like the National Football Museum all around the country. <laughs>